Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, March 17th. This is The Gateway. I'm Eric Schmid. Ahead, the Music at the Intersection Festival returns to St. Louis in September with Erica Badu, Gary Clark Jr., and local artists. Arts leaders say the festival is on its way to becoming a big annual attraction. Something that we can look forward to, like any holiday that we celebrate, 4th of July, you know, you name it, Memorial Day, things that come annually tend to shape our culture. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis will tell us about the growing festival that highlights the region's musical heritage. First, this news. St. Louis County officials say they want to use their cut of a nearly half-billion-dollar opioid settlement to upgrade an outdated medical examiner's office and provide job training to people in recovery. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports the county expects to receive $45 million from drug companies. All Missouri counties signed on to the settlement with opioid manufacturers and distributors. In return, the counties agreed to drop their own cases against the companies. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page says the number of fatal overdoses has contributed to a threefold increase in work for county medical examiners. He says employees sometimes stack bodies there to save space. He hopes money will give the office more resources. Liz Chiarello is a sociology professor at St. Louis University who studies opioids. She says she understands updating the medical examiner's office is a pressing need. I'm not opposed to using the funds, some funds that way, but I would say let's stop having bodies in the medical examiner's office. Let's keep people alive. Chiarello says what's needed is prevention and medication-assisted treatment. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis County also has plans to expand services for people with chronic conditions like autoimmune diseases and diabetes. These health conditions can put patients at higher risk of developing long COVID or symptoms that linger for months after a coronavirus infection. County Executive Sam Page said on Wednesday the county's health department is now working with the St. Louis County Council to secure $2 million in federal funding. The funds come from the American Rescue Plan Act and would be used to hire nurses that would care for chronically ill patients at the county's three health clinics. The Illinois Attorney General says 3M illegally dumped substances that don't break down in the environment into groundwater and the Mississippi River at its northern Illinois facility. Juan Pablo Ramirez Franco has more on the lawsuit Kwame Raul filed on Wednesday. It alleges 3M's improper handling of substances known as PFAS contributed to contamination at and around the facility in Cordova. Sonia Lender with the Sierra Club reviewed the facility's toxic release inventory records last year. So, you know, while they are known to make PFAS chemicals, while they have records showing they're discharging their waste into the Mississippi River, they hadn't reported to EPA any use of EPA-related um, PFAS chemicals. PFAS are a class of highly toxic industrial chemicals that can persist in the environment due to their water and oil resistance. The lawsuit is calling on 3M to address the contamination along with a range of civil penalties, including damages arising from PFAS contamination and injury of natural resources. I'm Juan Pablo Ramirez Franco. In a statement, 3M says it acted responsibly and will defend its record of environmental stewardship. 
This also comes as the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency wrapped up a statewide effort to investigate how prevalent PFAS are in the drinking water in the state. IEPA launched the study in 2020 and sampled drinking water in more than 1,000 community water systems across Illinois. The agency found PFAS in 126 of those systems, which IEPA officials say is a similar detection rate as other Midwestern states. Powell Hall, the home of the St. Louis Symphony, could receive its first major renovation in more than 50 years. That's if the orchestra can raise about $100 million to fund the project, which includes a 65,000-square-foot expansion. Plans call for a new lobby, more restrooms and elevators, and space for rehearsals and community events. Project manager Takashi Tornier of architecture firm Snowheda says the project would add modern amenities without sacrificing the building's character. The challenge is really to, to improve it where we can without, you know, changing it drastically and, and really treating it very respectful. The St. Louis Symphony plans to launch a fundraising campaign next year. The city's Cultural Resource Office will review plans on March 28th. Music fans will again get to gather in Grand Center when the Music at the Intersection Festival returns for a second year this fall. Festival organizers aim to make this year's event bigger than last year's, with national headliners like Erica Badu, Gary Clark Jr., and plenty of room for local acts. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports arts leaders and artists say the festival is here to stay. Arthur Dwyer has been playing the blues for more than 30 years. He's a part of the Soulard Blues Band, and they've played for crowds in Memphis, Kansas City, Buffalo, Houston, and of course, St. Louis. When they travel to Europe, Dwyer says he sees how music fans overseas revere St. Louis's musical contributions. We played in Germany and uh, people would come up and say, we just want you to know that German people love the St. Louis blues. Dwyer says when Music at the Intersection asked his band to perform at the festival, they couldn't turn it down. His band will be joining some big names, like fellow blues artist Gary Clark Jr. Clark and other headliners will lure fans to Grand Center September 10th and 11th. Event leaders say they're making it the region's premier music festival. This year's lineup will include some other big names, including neo-soul artist Erica Badu. And it will present three musicians who are on the leading edge of jazz. Sax player Kamasi Washington, multi-instrumentalist Terrace Martin, and pianist Robert Glasper. But the festival is still a celebration of St. Louis and its long tradition of musical innovation. It'll feature a tribute to St. Louis blues music, including St. Louis blues legend Henry Townsend. Cairo, Cairo in my baby's home. Alonzo Townsend is a music promoter and a board member for the St. Louis Blues Society, who are curating the festival's Henry Townsend Acoustic Blues Showcase, named for his father. Alonzo Townsend says the region's musical history rivals that of Memphis, Nashville, and New Orleans. Those cities have their music and their, their art scenes rooted into their city's infrastructure. And so they are guaranteed to thrive. 
That's one thing that our city is missing. Music at the Intersection is a part of a St. Louis effort to create and foster a local music ecosystem that will help support and develop artists. St. Lunatic's artist Murphy Lee and Kiwan and St. Louis-based indie rock band Foxing are just some of the local acts performing that weekend. Chris Hansen is executive director of the Cranberg Arts Foundation, the festival's chief producer. He says music at the intersection connects the region's musical past with the future. From its foundation, is meant to celebrate St. Louis's footprint on the American songbook, our history, our heritage, and you know the 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 touch points that m- built the tapestry of our sound. Right from jazz to blues, rock and roll, and hip hop. Is music at the intersection built to last? Vanessa Cooksey, president and CEO of the Regional Arts Commission, says yes. She says St. Louisans can make this the highlight of the year for generations to come. Something that we can look forward to, like any holiday that we celebrate, Fourth of July, you know, you name it, Memorial Day, things that come annually tend to shape our culture. This year's festival will run in tandem with the Midwest Music Summit, co-presented by the Recording Academy. It'll be bigger because organizers are not hampered by pandemic restrictions. Hansen says the larger crowds this year will be a good judge of how the festival will operate for years to come. It gave us the foundation and it gave us the green light to keep moving. We knew we were on to something last year. Now this year is about really bringing it full force, right? This is, this is the size of this festival for a while now. He says headliners like Badu are certain to attract big crowds. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Cazares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Eric Schmid, and this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.